0: Welcome back to another episode of the Excellence Cartel. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are joined by a friend of mine, a colleague, Dr. Rachel Waller. She is out of Chattanooga and has an extensive background on athletes, general population, bodybuilders, powerlifters with a lot of issues that we tend to have and people tend to get from working out. And today we're going to talk about the educational side and then in the next episode get into some application. But first, I got to find out how my beautiful Jeffrey Sue is doing. Mm. Jeff, how are you? Are you well? Have you got any Black Friday sales going on or anything that you're buying? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great, man.
1: So, uh, you know, on a cleanup phase right now. So obviously inflammation is down, bloat is down. I'm starting to discover my jawline once again. And uh, yeah, it feels great. Losing about seven pounds now in like maybe eight days. So,
0: So uh, how much God's chicken have you given up for this?
1: I have not gone to Chick Fil A once. I've been on plan for eight days. Kudos to you. God, I'm treating this like a contest prep, I want to feel good and look good when I give my presentation at PEC in Dallas. So, wearing um, a speedo or no, 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 I will. I will wear a nice outfit. though. I'll look all professional. Um, I'm gonna smoke you. No, you won't. <laughs> did you see? Did you see the outfit I wore last night? When I went out to sushi with, with my friend Dasha, did you see that outfit? It was, it was very turtleneck. Basic. Huh? It was, it was very turtleneck. basic. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was it was fucking timeless classic. It was like <laughs> black turtleneck, fucking tapered, dark blue khaki navy khakis, fun socks with, with spots on them, and my Gucci loafers. You don't get any fucking more perfect than that.
2: You know? I mean, ditching the turtleneck was dark, but Turner
1: good, but hey, uh, Jeff. In terms of Black Friday, yeah, I am running a sale on my classes. All classes for seventy-five bucks. A lot of people have purchased them, and I just want to say thank you very much for get, grabbing a class. I think for seventy-five dollars, you will realize that there's tons and tons of value in that. So get it in on the deal. It ends on Friday. Um, other than that, I have the Hashimoto's and SIBO class coming up on the fifth. That's been filled, but you know I'll run it again. Um, and business is good, been steady, no, no drop-offs, you know, not crazy, crazy busy, but, you know, soon it will be. So I'm all uh, optimism and, and thankfulness right now. So I appreciate it, everyone.
0: Well, I'm glad all's going well for you. Jason, buddy, pal, friend. Yep. How
2: are you? Not bad. Um, been busy. Got back from the elite, elite University on Sunday. So I presented there saturday and sunday um pcos talk and then uh kind of a next level hormones kind of uh, once you get people kind of healthy what are some things you can do to kind of move to the next level and really advance them to their goals then um so that was cool but uh, got to the beach one day uh, i was 80 can't complain it was a super nice day it's one of those beach days you aren't sweating you don't have to get in the water but you're warm nice sun so it was really nice uh, I've been getting a good amount of signups. I think people are starting to be like, oh, we're getting near January. Shows are coming around. Um, they want to get their nutrition on point. So, I've been dealing with that, which is always a good thing. And then I think Sue's convinced me here. I think I'm going to go ahead and put discount my classes too and uh, put them up on, on my stories and uh, announce it. So, I don't know when this will hit, but maybe tonight or whenever we drop it. But uh, if people are looking for that. You can check out my uh, Instagram.
1: Jason, which classes do you have? You should tell people.
2: Uh, I have my gut protocols. I have hormones part one, where I really go over a case study in hypothalamic amenorrhea in women and kind of teach you how to kind of attack that from a like flush, um, from a rest flush feed function type situation uh, and working the supplements along with all the lifestyle changes that need to occur. And I have an insulin sensitivity class as well. And there might be one other that I'm forgetting, but I know those three were always my big pools. Awesome. Nice. Well, I'm just being a loser, hanging out in Dallas,
0: um, going to the Cowboys game on Thursday, Chelsea and I. I'm currently 50 stories up in some penthouse that I rented for the week. And I can't stop but panicking, thinking about the elevators, like when I go mm. down them, because they're like those fast ones. And I, I have like no faith in humanity and no trust in humans, really. So I'm like, what if this building falls apart? What if the elevator just gives? And uh, it's it traumatized me a few times. And definitely, Jason, as a fellow marijuana smoker, you will agree with me here. You don't get high and then get an elevator that drops 50 stories. I found that <laughs> out very much. It's a very uncomfortable feeling when it rattles. So <clears throat> otherwise, I've just had a really good last seven days. It's just been very chill. Unlike you guys, I'm getting people signing up. I think people are trying to get ahead of January a little bit, um, things like that. So it's been pretty good. I've got a lot of people just chilling for the next 30 days and using it as a time to focus on other areas. So just trying to find productivity for everyone, which you should do as a coach. But with that being said, uh, see, oh, guys, PC5, the outpouring of support has been awesome for that. That is January 28th. 29th in dallas texas um excellence the excellence is where all the information is we are actually matt park is flying in from canada guys to join us for the PEC. he's going to do a um
2: uh, it's called the a discovery. Now? how's it getting out
0: I don't know how Matt's getting out of Canada. Maybe he's decided he's an anarchist and doesn't want to conform to their bullshit laws. I I, I think they let him out. They don't let him in. Yeah. I think it's hard for him to come back is when you were saying so, Um, but he's coming to join us. He's going to do a discovery day at Hidden Gym Friday morning, where it's kind of like everything you want to know about TRM. I'll be there. Jamie will be there. I'm going to try to talk Jason and Sue to join, to hang out with all of us before we do the VIP lift that Friday. Um, and then it's Friday night. We have the dinner for the VIP tickets. If y'all are interested, be sure to hit us up. Be sure to check out the website. All good shit. And speaking of Matt, if you check out his website, Matthew with one com backslash TEC, he's doing free 30-minute consultations for anyone who is interested in the coaching space. And I know that myself and Jason use him with our coaches. He does some great work. Oh, now I got all that exhaustion out. Rachel. Dr. Rachel, I guess. Did I call you Doc? Like, like, how Come do on. we do this? All right, yeah. Sue, you address her only as fucking doctor. You show her respect. I want that said right now. Yeah, asshole. He's an asshole. got to watch out for him. What did but, I do? Um, I don't know. You just did something. I don't know. You triggered me.
2: What I live you in a triggered, triggered
0: world. Now? I don't know. I live in a triggered world. I'm sorry. I identify as triggered, so therefore you have to deal with it um Rachel how's your last seven days been
3: Uh, the last seven days have been busy it's the end of the semester I teach full-time in a master's of athletic education program so finishing up teaching uh, for the semester uh, had a little bit of a rough week we had a uh uh, one of our students mom passed away on uh suddenly so um it just makes you realize in the holidays how quick seven days are um, and what's coming next and how we have to try to plan for the next part. But overall, everything's good. Semester's finishing and strong, and I'm in, I'm ready for a break.
0: <laughs> I think everyone's ready for a little bit of a break. So give us a little background on you. How did you get into this space? What made you start working with athletes? And kind of what went down this road where you have a, you know, innate ability and knowledge to help bodybuilders, powerlifters, and general population people.
3: So the short story, short version of the long story, um, I've been an athletic trainer for 22 years. Um, so I've been putting people back together for 22 years. Um, I've always known this is what I wanted to do. I've been blessed to work at minor league baseball, uh, arena football, division one most of my career, head athletic trainer, Um for those of you who don't know what an athletic trainer is for sure, um, I'm the one that like when you're watching a football game, we're watching the Cowboys this week, and the guys that run out on the field that helped Dak Prescott last year when he busted up his ankle—that's me. I oh, put okay. that back together. So, um, so I'm I'm board certified. I'm state licensed. I have to maintain all my credentials and all that. So I've been doing that for 22 years. Now I teach it. Um, so now I'm bringing new people into this uh, into this credentialed world. I fell into, when I moved to Cleveland, Tennessee, um, I fell into this gym, no joke. I typed in my phone, I'm not from here, nearest gym. And this gym popped up, it's called Grit House. And It's an amazing
0: like, SEO keyword search, by the way, it's a gym odor. It's my number <laughs> one hit for Iron House. Gym's
3: Literally, that's what I typed in. Nope. And it was like, I don't know, mile and a half from my house. I was like, well, I'll walk in, we'll see what this place is about. And I walked in and it is a bodybuilder, powerlifter, anyone who has goals type of gym. And I walked in and I was like, I'm home. And then from there, the gym owner, uh, Nathan King and Donnell, his wife, she'd had ACL surgery about nine months previous. And I was in there one day, a couple months after I got there and she was still limping, wearing that big old bulky brace. And I was like, I asked her what happened. And she told me, I said, why are you still wearing that, that silly thing? And she's like, she's, she didn't have full extension. I said walk backwards on a treadmill. She's like, what? I said, walk backwards on a treadmill. Started walking backwards on a treadmill within about five days. She had full extension. She got rid of the brace. And then Nate came up to me and he's like, what do you do? Because we we're <laughs> <leave> that here. <laughs> and from there, literally, people drive. So those I'm about an hour and a half from Knoxville. I'm two hours from Nashville. I'm two hours from Atlanta. I'm in a really good spot. And I literally have people drive and see me to fix them and put them back together because I understand what you guys want to do as bodybuilders, powerlifters. I'm not going to shut you down like a regular therapist is. I'm not going to look at you crazy when you tell me your goal is to to squat thousand pounds raw. I'm like, let's do it. Let's figure it out. Um, so I have a I have a really cool skill set, and I just kind of fell into this niche market of putting active people back together in a gen pop world and the athletic world.
0: So real quick, what are the credentials? My voice just shot up there. What are are your credentials for having to maintain everything in your space? Because the personal training industry is very, very different than what you have to do. So I want to kind of draw this comparison here.
3: Okay. So I had to get a, I have to have a degree. Um, now students have to have a master's degree in order to do what we do you have to take a board certification exam and then to maintain that I have to maintain 50 uh, continuing education units every two years so I have to sit in front of I either have to write something speak somewhere or listen to someone else do all that take tests and quizzes and, all, and everything to stay up to date. And I'm allowed to choose my expertise, which is nice. Um, so I deal predominantly uh, emergency medicine, specifically um, exertional heat illness. I work locally with the fire department. And then um, I also do all my therapeutic exercise stuff.
0: Okay. All right, so you have a pretty extensive background and it sounds like with what you do, there's a certain amount of continuing education that you gotta keep up with to stay in the game. Now, what do you do this above and beyond to keep ahead of everybody else?
3: What do I do? Mm -hmm. I think you gotta practice it. You can't just read it, you gotta do it. So I try to get my hands on somebody every week and put somebody back together. I don't think you can just, I don't know, be a student of the game without actually being in the game. So I try to touch as many people. I worked really hard, what we refer to as tools. I worked really hard to get all my tools together, and I, I am not going to lose any of my tools. I will practice and use, keep, and keep all my tools sharp.
0: Hmm. I dig that. That is probably the best answer that I've heard a guest give as far as keeping up and wanting to accelerate. Now, with that being said, you sent me a very cool outline. It is comprised of six points. And today what we're going to do is talk about the common causes and kind of get your eyes on it. So you can take it from whatever lens you want from bodybuilder, powerlifter, gym pop. We can move through all three. But the first one I want to start with is tight chest, heck, anterior shoulder, and predominantly anterior pain. So I have that issue currently going on in my left shoulder. And it sucks. It feels like frozen shoulder. It's like a shoulder impingement, yeah. things like that. So Let's break this down. What are some of the common causes of tight chest pain, pec, interior, and anything you want to frame to set this up, feel free to.
3: So I think the biggest thing is people think they have shoulder pain when they actually have chest pain. Because um, people don't know exactly where the pec connects at. And if you go all the way across, you know, it connects over on the humerus. So when you palpate something and you're trying to move your shoulder, you get pain with the movement of the shoulder. So it's, it's often misdiagnosed by a lot of orthopedic surgeons, especially out of our population that we deal with, with personal trainers and, and uh, power powerlifters and bodybuilders, because they're so ridiculously strong, they, they, they fall out of that normal range. So um, a lot of signs and symptoms are, um, one of the easiest ones I can always do is whether or not you can put your hand behind your back in the small of your back. Um, I bet if we did all three of you right now, it would be a challenge you um, so can do it the most oh look at sue he's leaning i could get one i
0: could get my right one but can i can't do get it. my left one really look sue can do it Ah. Oh. <laughs> okay jason look at the old man he can do it too Wow. Oh. better than both of us me and sue are incompetent compared to the old guy all right
3: So that's one of the ways that you can start working on. So that's internal rotation. So everybody wants to stretch out the chest and they wanna go externally. So one of the ways that you really need to work on is that internal piece of it. So most commonly misdiagnosed um, for shoulder pain um, and it's actually chest pain.
0: All right, now question. Yeah. I as a bodybuilder came up in the time like Jason where we didn't really do any pre-activation stuff, no stretching, no foam rolling. What is your take on that? What is, I mean, do you think a lot of these issues are caused by people not properly warming up? or, Or what is some of the causes in there?
3: I think some of the causes, it could definitely be warming up or lack thereof, lack of stretching. But I think doing exactly what all of us are doing right now, we're all leaned forward over a computer screen. Um, We're all lean forward over our shoulders, so all we do all day is this forward lean, and all we do is constantly impinge everything that goes on in that joint, and it doesn't matter how big you get your joint spaces are your joint spaces you're built a certain way and it is what it is. So I think the major causes are literally stretching in our society the what we do every day we do not do enough where we keep our shoulders back and our head up everything's forward chin down. Crunching everything.
0: Mm -hmm. I don't disagree with that because the more steps I take, the more active I am, the better my shoulder feels. And when I was like, I felt like after being in my car drive for the ten hours it took me to get from Nashville to Dallas, that shoulder was pretty chewed up. Oh yeah, cars are so. Now, if you're beginning and you're a gym pop, what do? What should you do first? Should you stretch? Should you do pre-activation? Should you do lightweight stuff? If I'm trying to prevent these this injury here.
3: So the best way to warm up a, a muscle is to actually move it and use it. The stretching and the foam rolling, I think those are all feel-good techniques. If you get into some muscle energy, do push-ups, go old school. There's nothing wrong with a good um, arm circle back in the day. Think of all the baseball players and they do all the arm circles and the stretches and stuff like that. Everything that, that you can do to be an active, an active warm-up, you're going to get better blood flow, get better blood flow. You increase the, os- the elasticity of the muscle and therefore you're gonna get better range of motion. You can't stretch a cold muscle. We've all tried, it's horrible.
0: <laughs> so then now with that being said, am I better off doing like dumbbell bench press to warm up, dumbbell flies and isolation compound, or should I get a band and just try different things like that and loosen up that way?
3: I think if you're gym pop, you start with the bands. Um, and I think if you're an experienced weightlifter or you're just experienced in the gym, again, I think you can work on your planks. This is when you can work it. You start doing your, your full body stuff. You can do your bench press and stuff like that. But there's nothing if you're going to do bench press, there's really no reason to do a, a dumbbell press versus a versus a regular bench first. You're still going to go lightweight and warm it up. Hopefully, I say that to an educated crowd.
0: You guys have any questions on this? this one i do too but go ahead jeff
1: okay my, my question is can you quickly explain like the science behind like why we get tight in the first place and stiff um because you would think that like working out in general i think working out for a lot of men especially is like the only time that we also actually stretch right Cause we like, I don't do too much stretching and I'm tight as fuck and it doesn't feel good. I'm working on it right now with, with a physical therapist. And I always thought in my younger years that, oh yeah, I'm bench pressing, I'm working the muscle, but I'm also stretching at the same time. And yet now at 37, I feel like I, you know, I can't even fucking tie my shoes some days, you know? So what is happening within the body physiologically? Like how, how does it, how do I get where I am now? And how can other people avoid that?
3: Okay. So how sciencey do you want me to get?
1: Super. eighth grade level biology
3: eighth grade level biology okay the simple way is is all of you are looking to hypertrophy all of you are looking to grow the only way you grow is to tear things when you tear things muscle muscle typically replaces with mostly muscle but it also replaces with scar tissue scar tissue is stronger it's supposed to be right it's a scar it's supposed to hold things together that were torn whether they were torn on purpose or by accident, if you actually like sprained or strained your muscle or ligament. So when it comes back, it comes back tighter. So you hypertrophy. So you tear the muscle every time you build, you hypertrophy, you tear the muscle. And so then it fills back in with mostly muscle, but some scar tissue do that for 15 years and don't stretch anything. And then you'll know exactly how you
0: feel, Jeff. Mm -hmm. How is, how, how is yoga? Do you recommend that?
3: I love yoga. I love Pilates. I say go for it. Um, yoga will help you with your balance, your strength, your breathing, a lot of different things. Pilates huge on core and correct movement. Um, if you guys have ever done Pilates and you've done just the simple one hundred, the breathing, learning how to breathe and maintain that, like that's the first thing they teach you, and it's one of the hardest things to really like master. So I'm all for yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, whatever, whatever you like to really elongate and and work on the other. Because oxygen has a big play in how your muscles uh, recover and stretch. Um, And then obviously hydration, stretching, breathing, sleep, all the all the normal stuff we talk about.
2: Jason, what question you got, buddy? Well, um, I'm not sure if I know how to explain this. Well, I'm going to do my best Um, for me. Um, when I work out at least years ago, I'm better at it now, but my shoulders always took over on most of my chest exercises anyways. Um, but what I notice is my right shoulder wants to always be more forward on my body and my left one and arm will stay back, but the right one wants to drift forward. And I always constantly have to be like pulling it back and like adjusting my posture and getting my arm to be at my side and not so forward. Is that a tight anterior delt? Is that a tight chest? Is it just genetic? I don't know, but it's like I'm lopsided unless I like think about pulling that right arm and delt back and down.
3: Are you right-handed? I am. Have you ever injured it before?
2: No, my shoulders are great for a guy my age. I have no problem with them.
3: Honestly, the first thing I would look at is your back.
2: Okay. Ooh. I would want to
3: pull everything back. That's usually the biggest thing to fix is most people haven't, pulled enough stuff back and it goes back to the scapula okay. versus the actual shoulder so it's actually because you say you work to pull it back and you move yes. that scapula back so yeah. you've got to go all the way back over to the rhomboids uh mid lower trap okay. middle lat like down that way you've got to work on that part of it Got it. it could okay. be a tight chest, but if you're constantly rolling forward, you're not strong enough. This sounds rude. I'm so sorry. You're not strong enough to keep it back. Mm-hmm. So some you've got a weakness or an imbalance somewhere. And honestly, it's your right side. I would look at your left hip as well.
0: Okay. Interesting. What about a winged scapula? What causes that since you're going down that rabbit hole? Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> so a wing scapula, um, typically you've got to check the long thoracic nerve. To make sure that it's still working, so it's okay. one of the main—it's one of the main nerves in the back that literally its main job is to keep the scapula kind of making it do its windshield wiper movement. Um, okay. So when it wings out, long so the long thoracic nerve um, typically is not firing well, um, and then you so you've got to look cervical at that point, and then you've also got to look down the chain um Past like the thoracic lumbar region to make sure everything's actually firing the way that it's supposed to. Once everything's firing, you can build it.
0: Okay. All right. Now I want to get into low back and hip pain. Okay. So you have a couple of things: as glute medius weakness, hip flexor overpowering, and no reduction firing. Most common way to it. Let's go with low back pain and hip. Let's go ahead and set this up for your gym pop people. What are some things that they need to be looking at with their low back and hip pain? Um, And then let's go through the bodybuilders, power lifters. I'll kind of let you spill through that way and then we'll break it down from there.
3: Okay, so low back pain, um, that's probably one of my most common complaints that I get is low back pain when actually it's not the back at all. Back is really only comprised of that lumbar spine, those five lumbar pieces right there and a little in the sacrum. The low back pain is actually the pelvis. So it's actually hip pain most of the time. So gym pop, usually it's no core, poor flexibility. And usually people haven't changed their sleeping mattress in like 10 or 15 years. They're really not meant to be used that long. I know they got a warranty on them. I know. And they're expensive. But people sleep in the same spot and it sways out. Um, and then you end up with all these Think about it. You sleep. You sleep in the same spot for eight hours a day. If you're lucky, six hours is the average. I think most adults sleep, and it's a it's a terrible form. So you sit in an anterior tilt the whole time, and then you ask your body to stand up straight, and you want to go forward, and it can't. It's stuck. So then you get quote unquote low back pain. So that's probably the most common. Um, probably the thing I see gen pop, even in uh, my bodybuilders and my power lifters, theirs is usually form situated. Like there's usually something going on with their form that either they've added a weight, they've started a new lift. Somebody hasn't, they watched some YouTube video and now they're a pro at it and I got to fix it. <laughs> um, so it's all those have Shoes, Shoes and bodybuilders are interesting, like what they do to cheat and not cheat, because if their hamstrings are so tight, then they'll wear those heeled shoes to make their hamstrings shorter or basically not have to move as much. Then that creates some low back issues. It's just a it's just a myriad of issues.
0: Okay. So with the mattresses then, what are you recommending for mattresses? Do you have like a certain brand or two that you recommend and tell people to consider? Um,
3: they're really expensive, and I'm not getting paid by anyone. I, I wish I was because they probably make a billion dollars. But really, the sleep number and um, the Tempur-Pedic are probably the top two right now.
0: Sue, so what kind of mattress do you got? Um, uh, It's like
3: some like,
1: cool gel sculpt thing. It was pretty expensive. I have a king-size bed. So I sleep yeah. fine.
2: What about yeah. you? Sleep number. Always. Sleep I've had number. them for about 10 years. Do you have any back or uh, hip pain or anything like that? I get hip pain if I get like, if I start to up carbs and get and try to grow and get bigger, I get hit. I get like SI joint pain almost it, it, yeah. it, it left or right. Like it sucks. So yes. But right now I'm not really trying to get bigger or anything and they it's okay. It aches. I'm 43, you know, but nothing's like, Oh my God, it's terrible. For me, uh, Dr. Lawler, it's
1: usually like when I wake up, my neck is just tight and I I've tried different pillows and all that um and i'm just like routinely i think it's because i'm on my phone all the time i always have my neck down and my head down you know and that is just putting strain on like what what is it this? the uh cer- c- cervical joints mm-hmm. right the c1 through like c is it c5 or something like that
3: yeah seven You yeah fine. seven
1: seven yeah. Off by two. but <laughs> do you have any suggestions for that because that is what bothers me the most it's like trap tightness and just like my neck just feels tight all the time you know
3: Honestly, you probably need. Have you ever done distraction or like decompression type stuff?
1: No. What's that?
3: Okay, so you can you can you can buy one of these on the on the internet. They're not that expensive. You could go old school and get like um, the one that like hooks up underneath your chin. It looks like it's from um, the medieval times, and you hang it on the door, and it literally pulls your neck up. You probably need to be decompressed, but you can go to a chiropractor and get it done too. Um, and it's a nice steady pull, and it actually puts the gap back between your vertebrae mm. and takes all that pressure off. Mm. People either love decompression therapy or they hate it. There's
0: literally no in between. I think I would like
1: it. I think I would like that actually.
0: Is inversion tables really helpful for lower back pain?
3: Uh, again, it's one of those you either like it or you or you hate it. Inversion t- people don't like to be upside down. If you've had somebody with a lot of like head injuries. Or if they have vertigo or history of anything like that, they are not going to like to be flipped upside down for very long. And you got to be careful for even some cardiac issues because there's the blood flow goes the wrong way. And if they got high blood pressure or or just some cardiac issues, you got to be you got to be careful of inverting for very long.
0: Huh. Okay. So that's something that insta-famous people probably don't know. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, now you have a couple of common things and I want to hit into the three glute medius weakness. I don't think most people know they actually have three muscles in their ass. So let's explain these three out and why this one you pinpointed as a problem and what kind of causes this problem.
3: Well, okay. start with the most obvious one. Everyone thinks that is their whole entire glute is the glute max. And that's your peach. You want your peach to be nice and plump. You don't want it to be flat. And then, uh, you have your glute min, which is a little bitty muscle at the top of your, uh, posterior side of your pelvis. Um, it really is a secondary muscle, maybe even a tertiary muscle in most phases. It doesn't have a, it's really hard to pinpoint, to isolate, to try to make it grow. Um, but glute max, you can obviously, you can make it grow most of the time and, hmm. um, glute mead gluten started getting really popular probably 10 years ago with ACL reconstructions. So um, when people were tearing their ACL, we used to always talk about the VMO, the inner quad muscle, I call it the teardrop. Um, and what the research was actually saying is, yeah, that's important, but if you don't have glute med, that counterforce, you don't have that glute med being strong enough to actually hold yourself up and balance, it really doesn't matter what the VMO does, because that's not really its job. So that's when it started getting really popular. With glute med, it's kind of, think about if you've ever watched a woman put her hands on her hip when she's ticked, right where the curve of her thumb is at. Who knows all movement. about
0: that? <laughs> I guess. what they do up there in boston when they look at you all pissed off surely you have to piss off someone no No, they all fucking love me jeff unlike you oh fuck you
3: (laughs) so right there at the top of the hip kind of on the posterior aspect it's the glute need um it's responsible for anything that you do single leg and to help you with balance it's main job is balance okay so every time you take a step you're supposed to use your glute need every time you go upstairs downstairs Make a left turn, make a right turn. Your glute knee is supposed to be firing.
0: Okay, well, that's interesting because I wanna know if that's the injury that I have now that you say that. All <laughs> right, the next one that you have is hip flexor overpowering.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, Why is this a problem? And I guess kind of what causes it, what starts it?
3: Well, if we can just be honest here, most of the people that have problems with this are my men and they love mirror muscles. So anything they can see in the mirror from the front side, they're gonna work like crazy. Mm-hmm. So we do knee extensions, we do quads, we do all this other stuff on the anterior side. Our abs are crazy, super strong, but they got zero ass. And so then, you got a, then you've got an imbalance. So now you've got this whole really strong looking front side that pulls everything forward. And then, of course, your low back is going to hurt because everything's out of whack. And then then we got to go in and we got to straighten all that out, stretch it back out, and then build a butt. Instead of build a bear, we got to build a butt.
0: Mm-hmm. What's the best way to build a butt real quick since we're on this topic? And you know, then I want to ask you for hamstring advice because I know Sue's just waiting in the wings to yeah, have, have a I'm
3: of- really <laughs> hoping I would get asked a hamstring question for Sue. I have a lot
0: of questions. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> At least I've kept the trend alive this long. All right.
3: <laughs> uh build a butt man you guys know build a butt is way more than four lunges sideways inside what you you have to work it it's it's a combination of a lot of things if we think about the way that the glute actually works and the glute sits on top of the hamstring so you can't usually work the glute and the hamstring at the same time cuz it's counterintuitive so you've got to find a way to only work the glute so a lot of times it's being on figure four or not figure four but like on your hands and knees Quadruped—that's what I was trying to think of—and um, and then really isolating it out. Single leg stuff. Take the pressure off your hamstring so you can actually work your glute. Lay on your stomach and go old, go old school and do just the um, the donkey kicks and all the that stuff like that. You don't have to be fancy about it. We have a donkey kick machine thing at the gym and I watch people literally not even come close to using their butt on that machine. Like it's too tall, like they don't set it up right. They try to go heavy and it's all hamstring. Your foot placement is a big deal on that. You need to put your foot, um, that bar, if you're using a donkey kick machine, you need to use the heel of your foot. Cause again, you're trying to get that hamstring involvement out of it. If you use the toe, your toe is gonna flex your, your calf, your calf is gonna pull in your hamstring and you get just a little bit of butt.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was really well set up. Um, Okay, now I do have this question. What would be some symptoms that the hip flexor is too tight or overpowering?
3: One of the most common ones I get is, um, like it feels like they tell me it like snaps, like in the front, not on the side, not the lateral snapping hip one where that's IT band, which that's another conversation. I don't think I put that on the list um but the anterior snapping of the hip and they'll tell you like they feel like when they stretch out like to do their abs it's just super tight and they can't get all the way back because their back hurts and it's actually Mm. not back pain it's this anterior tightness that's literally like they don't have the range of motion necessary
0: Okay. And, and real quick, while before we get into the no adductor firing, which is common in women, and I agree with that when I watch them squat, I watch the knees buckle all day. Let's talk about IT bands real quick. And since you didn't put that on the list, what those issues of pain are, what kind of causes that? And since it's on topic, real quick.
3: Okay. So, IT band most common um, is it's that the IT band, you know, starts at the top of the hip and kind of goes all the way down to the knee. Um, and the knee, it gets confused a lot with lateral knee pain. There's there's not a whole lot on the lateral aspect of the knee, so it usually is the IT band. Most commonly found in runners and jumpers. I don't have a ton of it in my my powerlifting population because they're all trying to go wide, sumo, all this other stuff, and they don't even really use that part of it. So not in that capacity. But if you have runners, people who do a lot of hills. A lot of heel work, you'll see some IT band tightness is kind of the biggest causes I get from it.
0: Oh, okay. Um, now, no adductor firing. This is most common in women. Set this up, explain this, and why is this the case?
3: Okay. So, this is how I explain it to my students, my, one of my favorite muscles to talk about. So, women's hips are wider, as we all know. It's how the good Lord put us together. Men are, think of the letter H. You guys are H's just straight. You walk straight, do everything straight. Your hips don't tilt. When you walk, you just walk in this straight line. And so therefore you typically, if you're, if you're working and training everything right, typically fire everything relatively evenly on each step. Women don't walk like that. Women crisscross. Think about when you watch a woman walk, the reason men like to watch a woman walk is because she crisscrosses. Her legs literally cross in front of the other when they take a step. So they use zero adductor throughout the day. And that's how our hips are made. It's how we're meant to put together. The only two times in life that a woman is supposed to use, by the way we're put together, their adductors is during sex and giving child, having a child. That's it. Really, the only time that we would use our adductors on a regular basis. So, if you're not doing any of those things, you're not using those muscles. And and it's the truest form of anything. If you don't use it, you lose it. So, we have to train women how to use that adductor group in a productive manner, not just make it fire. They can make it fire. I mean, it's connected. But because they don't use it when they walk in daily living, it is a really hard muscle to train.
2: Hmm. You guys got any questions on that one? Uh, no, but I guess the takeaway is uh, sex will help build an adductor or not lose it. <laughs>
3: not about right.
2: be a selling point. <laughs> yeah, it's a selling
0: point. Honey, I can help your adductor. Right. We can have sex five times a week. Now right. <laughs> oh, man, I could go down a rabbit hole with that one. Um, But that is something interesting that you brought up the crisscrossing and all that. Cause I, you'll have women who, when you watch them lunge, they actually will lunge like that. But when you watch them squat, they squat and they're in and it's so hard for them to hold out. And then it immediately shifts into their lower back. So I guess next week in the next podcast, we'll be able to talk about the application how to fix all that when you're a coach and setting it up. So that would be some great stuff. All right. Now you guys have anything on low back pain, hip pain, anything you'd like the good old doctor to, troubleshoot before we move on to knee
2: pain um i mean i would be curious like what causes that si joint to get yeah that's a good question because it, when it's really bad like i've had a seat treatment a couple of times just because it's bad usually i can kind of rough through it and kind of stretch a little bit but what was the main thing going on there in case other guys and gals yeah, have it too
3: so one of the biggest things is, is your hip is tilted. It's, it's typically an anterior tilt. So if you think about like, so I always put my fingers up like this and like you can watch it. So when you walk, you're supposed to tilt like this, usually one side's stuck. Like that's what it feels like, right? Like you can't touch your toes. Like you can't go. Most of the time people can't go forward. And so you feel stuck. That's what people will say. I'm stuck. It just won't go. It hurts so bad. So what the back tries to do on its own is it creates a spasm around it and it tries to put the SI joint back where it's supposed to, which then creates that huge, that lock feeling that you get in that, in that low back and, and you actually exasperate the problem. The back is, or the hips, not really the back, but the hips are kind of the most forgiving and the most unforgiving in the same statement um, you could sneeze and your SI joint could come out of place. You could, um, slip off of a step and cause that jar mov- movement and one leg drops down and your SI joint could pop out of place. Um, you could pick up a bar off of the rack, super heavy, and you're getting ready to squat. And you know, we've all done it. And you felt that thing just like kind of shift a little and your SI is out of joint. Like it's oh. that quick. It's super unforgiving in that way. But one of the best things you can do for SI joint pain is move walk actually like one of the easiest stretches and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit more but almost all of us have a footstool or some like kitchen chair or something you sit in your chair on the edge of it put your knees out into your squat position and then you'll probably have to start with like your elbows on top of your knees depending on how much pain you're in and you wait till that spasm goes away. It's it's uncomfortable. And you wait for that spasm to go away. And then you'll go down lower, 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 come back up and do it again. And it's, it's really just getting that spasm to let go. Because if the spasm will let go, the SI joint will move back where it's supposed to. But you've got to get the spasm to let go first. So literally anything can make it pull out of place.
2: Got it. Yeah, I, I don't uh, – when we do application next week, I'll probably want to uh, get a little better understanding of that stretch. Yeah. Yeah, no, next week we could do it on video, so that
0: way uh, – because we're doing a lot of these on video, I'm backsloading them up at the start of every month. So that way we can – if you want to demonstrate next week, that would be helpful. Actually, I want to ask you my question because I have a issue where um, – Jason knows this. 2018, I was eight weeks out from a show, and I, hairline, I fractured my right side of my hip. And ever since then, if I'm walking along, sometimes like my front part up near my hip will like stick and catch and I almost fall down. And it happens all the time. It's like a horrible spasm. So I'll be interested to hear what you have to say next week in the application on all that. Because I feel like that that probably all ties into this stuff. Guys, nothing else on low back and hip pain? Because I want to move on to knee pain and interior. Uh, Now you're talking about, we have knee pain, interior. You're talking the front. Are you talking like on the kneecap behind the kneecap for this kind of pain, um, because anything in the back of the knee is not good stuff. Um, that, that's something you want the doctor to look at. So let's talk about the anterior side of pain and what you mean and what kind of common symptoms or situations put people into that, um, and we'll go from there.
3: So the anterior part of the knee, most of the most common pain I get is more of that patella tendon right in the front mm-hmm. or even above the patella, the kneecap, um, and right above it uh, with some quadricep tendonitis, but, um, Most commonly, I would say, is anterior knee pain, like right in the front um, is the most common. Um, And it's usually poor form. It's simply poor form.
0: Like poor form on what? Pretty much everything.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, no, squat, deads, anything, lunges. I mean, you guys watch it every day. You're just like, no, I said step all the way out. You know, um, people short step because they're unsure of what the exercise is. So they short-step it. So then you put all this, this sheer force on the top of that knee and, and you that patella tendon is not meant to do the job of the ACL, but you don't give the opportunity for the ACL to do its job because you don't fully extend. And then that puts all that pressure on that anterior portion of that knee or that patella tendon. So, I mean, for me, a big kicker is like to get away from the knee extension and those, all the machines, man, and it's just not how we're put together. Um, and that sheer force on the knee extension, there's actually quite a bit of research out there. I guess there's, if you depend on what side of the ball you wanna be on, there's research for anything um, that you wanna find to, to pro or con something. But um, in my world with a rehabilitation side of things, that anterior force, um, that sheer force is really debilitating to that anterior portion of the knee.
0: So then you're saying that when you see people doing leg extensions, Mm -hmm. that that might not be the best choice for them. And that's the number one thing they use in physical therapy setups, correct? Yeah, it drives me batty. Okay. Um, What about your idea on hack squats? I know Jeffrey Sue has a hack squat that he absolutely crushes and it's the hardest hack squat ever. But what's your idea on something like that? Like, if you're advising someone to stay away from who might be with knee pain or things like that, like, is there best exercises? Is there worst? I mean, I know it's trips somewhat into application, but you're literally saying throw everything out the window. And I'm I'm sitting here just in my mouth open, like, what do I do for my crappy quads? So he's got bad oh. hamstrings, I got bad quads. Like we're in no, I mean,
3: you just got to fix it, right? So as far as a hack. I think if you're strong enough for the hack, you can't, you, you have to be able to be strong enough. You have to have a strong butt. You got to have hamstrings and you got to have glutes and a little bit of core in order to do a hack machine correctly. I don't think it's an, it, I don't think it's a beginner machine. Um, it, I say that for the teenage boy, they're amazing creatures to like build. You can literally like give them anything and they walk in 20 pounds heavier the next week. And you're like, how'd that happen? 40 year old women are like, what? I, I'm not doing that. So, um, so I think it obviously depends on the person, the population and what the goal, the overall goal is, but no, I'm a functional person. So let's do things that you're going to do every day. So let's squat, let's lunge, let's do step up things. Let's do things that you're going to do every single day, but let's do them correctly. Let's get rid of these bad habits. And you have these bad habits, which then create imbalances, which then creates pain. Mm. Is all
0: well there- put together.
1: A question for you, doctor. Is there any uh, downside to wrapping your knees um, Ooh. when you're doing squat movements? Does that, I mean, obviously it feels good, right? And, and people think it's protected, but long-term, is there any detriment in using wraps on your joints?
3: I don't think the wraps themselves are detrimental, but the fact that you're squatting 750 to thousand pounds or whatever it is, then yeah, you're you're jacking up your joints in some capacity. Absolutely. And then if you're using gear on top of it, we all know that there's some long-term effects to the joints with using that.
1: So it's not so much the wraps, but it's like the, the wraps allowing you to do more weight over time. Right. But the damage and wear and tear is still occurring underneath. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, regarding squats real quick. Sorry, sorry Jeff. No, um, go for it. Something uh, that I tend to do a lot when I squat, Um, I tend to stand up all the way and lock my knees. And Jason always tells me it's awful to do that. What's your take on that?
3: I would agree. Same thing with the leg press. Stop locking them out. Um, You don't need to bounce that, those condyles together. It's just not, you need that. So there's a certain amount of synovial fluid in our joints and you want that, that, the juice, so to speak, to be there to cushion it. Um, it's like having good air pads or good brake pads. You wear out the brake pads. Unfortunately, we can't just replace ours. Those are called new knees.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love that. Now, again, in this, in this area, you actually said that glute medius and adductors were caused for knee pain, just like in hips. So I'll let you walk those two out, and then we'll finish up this part with poor foot placement, and poor ankle mobility before we move on to our last three, which I think I'm going to save number six to talk about in the application because okay. I think that that will line up super well. But I would definitely want to hit four and five before we round out.
3: Okay, so um, yeah, so the glute need, so the knee, okay, when I teach this in, in class and stuff, you always want to work a joint above and a joint below. It's usually not the joint, particularly that's having the pain, that's where the problem is. Not very often. So if you go a joint above, you got to look at the glute mean because it's at the hip. So you got to, if the glute, if the glute means not strong enough, then the quad is going to try to take over. First of all, glute means a little bitty muscle. Quad's a huge muscle. So obviously it's going to try to take over. And then, especially if there's a imbalance or weakness, same thing with the adductor, the adductor's job. And especially if we talk about women, that's not something that they typically train, nor, nor is it very strong in general. So that being said, it, it connects all on that medial aspect of the knee. And so there's this thing called um, your pes anserine. I don't know if any of you've ever heard of it.
0: No, I've never heard of this, please uh, elaborate.
3: It's pes anserine, it's Latin. Um, and it's a group of three muscles. So, and it sits right on the medial aspect and it's kind of like your hamstring, your gracilis and your sartorius that all come together. So um, it's one of your hamstring muscles, your um, semimembranosus, semimim- mm, your gracilis, which is an abductor muscle, and your sartorius, which is a, a hip flexor. And they all merge at the medial aspect of the knee right by a bursa. And it's really commonly, um, a lot of people say it's hamstring pain. It's not hamstring, it's a a and serine issue, um, which is literally all three issues. Um, So, and those typically fall from gosh, it's just, it's just an imbalance. It's just a weakness typ- typically in that whole group. And then you got to go, if that's on the right knee, then I'm going to go over to the left side and look at the left glute. And I got to look across the body to see if the, it's because if the left glute is not firing and doing what it needs to do, it creates that imbalance and puts all that stress on the right knee, on the right medial side of the knee. And then I get a counter, uh, asymmetry basically. <laughs> Say that that's word again. What's that word? Asymmetry or pes anserine. Hasn't serene p-e-s one word and serene a-n-s-e-r-i-n-e wow
0: interesting okay and then you have poor foot placement alignment hips and poor ankle mobility as being some of these causes how would you figure all this stuff out
2: if you're trying to solve that
3: um if i'm doing it i'm just gonna walk i usually ask people to squat and then i ask them to walk squat and lunge those are my three things I can I can pretty much figure everything out from there and sometimes if I have somebody that can't squat I just have them sit down in the chair or on the bench and then I'm like sit I always ask them to sit up in their squat position because that tells me a lot about what they do for lifting and if they don't know what a squat position is that gives me a ton of information and then if they set up super wide or super narrow um it's funny I have guys come to me that are squatting huge numbers and they're so narrow um, and it's always interesting to me. And then you widen them up and their hips don't hurt anymore. The knees doesn't hurt and their ankles feel better. And I'm like, yeah, because you're in the right hole. I don't know who gave you that spot, but it's wrong. So, sure. um, so yeah, those are the three things I typically have them do. So I evaluate that. And you always look bilaterally. Again, you always look a joint above and a joint below. So if you're looking at the knee, i got to look how the hip. Rotate or walks and moves, and I gotta check out that ankle mobility. Your ankles are supposed to have a certain amount of movement when you squat, like, you can't get all the way down the hole if you have, um, like, if your talus is out of place, you need to get your talus put back in place, and then your ankle mobility will open all the way back up.
0: Yeah, the more I coach people, the more and the more like people are coming, you know, because gym pop people are more and more overweight and obese. I actually have abandoned squatting unless they have access to a TRX um, to kind of start working on it in that way, just because most people are overweight in the belly, they lean forward, they have no flexion anywhere and it's just terrible to watch them try to do. So I make, that makes perfect sense.
3: Yeah, so I do it. Um, I sit them on a bench, put their feet in the same spot and don't let them move and make them stand up and sit down. But that's how we would do it in rehab.
0: Okay. Now, since we're on the squat, I'm going to go to five and then move back to four. Let's okay. find you. Have you finding your correct stance and placement for squat, deadlift, and bench? So let's get through these three. And I want to wrap up machines versus dumbbells because I think that will be a great place to break before next week before we talk about the application side.
3: Okay. Um, we well, put this on here because of all the Insta famous YouTube, whatever, Big, biggest guy in the gym. Let's lift like him you know um and then it's great business for me because they come to me because they're hurt
0: <laughs> i so, can't stand when people sit sideways on the hammer strength machines yes and do that i like gym. i will actually go up and stop people doing it in my gym if i see it i'm like please stop fucking doing that it does not work
3: right right so yeah there's so there's lots of things out there and there's lots of ideas and everybody's trying to quote unquote be the best get the best you know do everything that they can to build weight, get bigger, better, stronger, the whole, the whole nine from that perspective. But the squat is actually one of the easiest ones. You can find your hole. You can find your squat hole. Um, I know we're probably gonna ta- we talk about it again next week, but lie on your back, let your knees fall to your chest, that's your squat hole. Like that's your natural squat hole. Like it's easy. Um, and I always, I would set people down and then I have a table in, in the gym. And so then I just take them from there and I literally put them upright, and And I'm like, stand up and we're going to go back into the same squat hole. So the squat is the easiest one to find. Anybody can find that one. Uh, if your feet fall in the right spot, you have the right angle. They're not too far forward. They're not sumo. They're not splayed all the way out. It's actually really, really, um, easy to find your squat hole deadlift. A little bit different depends on how strong you are and where your weaknesses are your deadlift will straight up show you where you're weak at on the posterior chain so oh. you've got to make adjustments based on where your weaknesses are so where I would tell somebody that was hamstring heavy versus glute heavy versus a weak glute need or even adductor weaknesses then I'm going to put their feet a little bit differently based on those needs Um, If we're we're talking bench, we're going to talk powerlifting because that's probably what I work with the most. That's really articulate on the way that they set up in a bench. There's a lot with that where you've got to get in a bench that's wide enough. Don't use those little gold gem skinny benches where people fall off and you can't even get both shoulder blades on there. Um, You've got to get to a bench that's adjustable height wise. Some people don't even know that benches move. Like that's what's interesting when you watch Jen Pop is like, if you're six four, you shouldn't set it on the lowest one that's available. Like you should have arm long, long arms. Um, right. If you're if you're a T Rex and you're six four, okay. But um, most of us are, are are put together pretty evenly, so it's just making sure that we're getting in the position that fits us. Make the machine or the bench or the bar or whatever. Fit you instead of doing it. Well, that guy had his feet at forty five degrees, and his knees went this way, and his butt went out. And I got to make sure my knees don't go over my toes. It depends on what your goals are. What are you really trying to do? What are you trying to build?
0: Hmm. No, I agree with all that, guys. Do you have any questions to follow up on those three? I know that's very powerlifting, and I know that will definitely be helpful because I know a lot of us are big about the big three. That's how we kind of grew. So that was pretty important there. You guys have anything on that? I I'm good. All right. The last one, probably the biggest argument that you see machines versus free weights and you're already smiling. So let's round out strong with this one and then we'll wrap it up, guys, for the application next week and kind of break it down. So it looked like you had beef about this. so I'm just going to let you go ahead and have the table to run your rant for a minute. Um,
3: OK, so machines are what they are. They're, they're supposed to fit a bunch of people that are very standardized. So the average height, I think it's five, four to 6 two is what's supposed to fit a machine. So if you're over six foot two, you've probably had a problem trying to fit into the knee extension machine or the leg curl and it fits you weird and it sits funny. Or if you're shorter than 5 four, like your toes don't even touch things um you can't move the seat low enough so your feet are actually on the floor so you can actually use a military press um and then the other part is is they're built for 120 to about 220 pound people that's it we all know our population is usually not those sizes so it's a restricted range of motion it is not how we're put together um it yeah i got beef with machines all right now
0: What do you think about like the prime machines where you can load them at different points and are there any machines that you would say are perhaps equal to, if not better, that you would recommend based upon like gym pop bodybuilders or powerlifters to explore?
3: Let me think about the machines we got in our gym. Um, i got to be honest, I'm not that familiar with the prime stuff. Um, I've seen a little bit of it. We don't have any around here. Um, So I'm not that familiar with it. But if you can set it up in different locations, that's definitely better. Um, like the
0: free motion stuff have you seen those
3: yeah i've seen the free motion i do like those because they can be a little more i prefer (laughs) cables over machines if we're just going to throw cables in um because oh why is that cables you can modify it and it will go through your range of motion so if you Hmm. have a restricted range of motion so like jason said his shoulder feels tight sometimes like then he can if he's going to do a fly um on the cables he, he's in charge of how deep and how high up that fly goes on the cables. The machine's going to pull you back to that, quote unquote, starting position, no matter what you do, unless you power through it. The cables, you have so much more control on your natural range of motion. Plus, if you go back to the cables, if you go back to a fly, you have, maybe you're going to do a high and tight one, whereas maybe I'm going to do a lower one. If I'm on a pec deck, it doesn't, exactly work that way like you're stuck on how i mean you can raise your arms and 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 lower them a little bit but i'm still stuck in the same window depending on what i'm doing with a fly i have so much more control on what i'm trying to do with my pec from that perspective
0: now i want to ask your question let's be the last one i'll ask the guys if they got anything to seal up with you know, we have, you know, coaches, we get beginner population people, people who get gym memberships, stuff like that. How much the service are we doing by setting them up on machines to start to build them momentum to get them actually going forward versus putting them more in a functional thing and trying to coach that aspect to them? Um, you got to think about the online realm where the majority of coaches are. So the only way we're able to correct form is through videos and things like that. So I wanted to get your take because we do the new season coming up. I have a lot of coaches who listen to us. Myself, Jason, and Jeff will be getting people who are brand new to the space who are trying to get back in shape. Are we setting them up for potential injuries and things like that by going to heavy machines or is there a trade-off that we should be looking for?
3: I guess my question to you as gym owners and personal trainers and coaches Do you want to be Planet Fitness or do you want to provide a high quality product?
0: I'll let you answer that question. What? I'll let you answer that question. High quality product,
1: hands
3: down. So, If you want to be a high quality product, stop selling them Planet Fitness for high quality prices. Right. That's my opinion. And and so if I'm going to take somebody through, if they sign up with me for a rehab or personal training or whatever they need, I'm going to make sure that I take care of the needs of that individual. And if it means I got to teach them how to lunge 14 different ways, then we're going to learn how to lunge 14 different ways. Um, Because I need that person to be able to walk. Most people want to play with their children. They want to be able to get in and out of their car. They want to be able to get in and out of the tub. Like there's, actual daily living that they want to be able to do that those machines just don't set you up for. I would rather do band work in those baby Jane Fonda dumbbells than (laughs) put them in a machine. I just think we do a disservice from the machine. Machine to me is a pacifier. And if I'm paying for you to to work out with me, I don't need a pacifier. I need a personal trainer.
0: That's my point. I like the way you said that. Jason, you got anything to round up, buddy? No,
2: I don't think so. I ask my questions.
0: (laughs) Cool. All right, guys. Well, that's it. And I'll tell you what. Next week, we'll be breaking this down on the application side, how to fix it. If you guys have any questions, we'll be tagging Rachel, uh, Dr. Lawrence, uh, Lawler, sorry, Dr. Lawler in our podcast so you guys can message her, ask us any questions you guys have for the application side next week. If not, we'll be breaking down what we covered in the reverse and go through it that way. Along with some others, like you had another good one on there. So, guys, that's it. If you guys got anything, let us know. Otherwise, you'll have yourself a good day. I hope it's awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Dr.